Welcome to the Contractor Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Phillips. This show exists to help small business owners like you escape the tyranny of contractor prison and enter the bliss of contractor freedom so you can have the time, money, and freedom to live your life with purpose beyond your business. As a certified human behavior consultant in disc personality styles and motivators, I'll be sharing with you skills for life, love, leadership, and business. I'll also be connecting you with experts that can help you scale your business and your life. So if you want to build the business and life of your dreams, then you are in the right place. Let's go. Hello, contractors. I'm excited today to have with me a very special guest. His name is David Beasley, and he's the he is the vice president and chief operating officer of the for the BBB serving North Central Texas. He start man. He's been with the BBB a long time. He started way back in in 2006, so he's been there like 17 years. And he's been in various leadership positions. Now he's the COO. He's uh, been recognized with, with 17 different uh, Better Business Bureau outstanding awards, as well as, gosh, he was at the Dallas Business Journal's in 40 Under 40. Just an incredible resume. But I've invited David to come on today because David understands, he understands trust. And you know that I'm, you hear me say this all the time, trust is the currency of business. And so we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about uh, how relevant the BBB is, why you should be use a, a member, and why you should be actively educating your potential clients on the value of the Better Business Bureau for them. And uh, so we're gonna have a really interesting conversation, David. I am glad to have you. Welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Jason. I always enjoy having conversations with you and this one today. One of the things, David, that, you know, the, the BBB is a foundation of trust, right? And so could you maybe just tell us, what does that mean? A lot of people, there's, there's still uh, this big question that I always get sometimes whenever I say I'm working for the Better Business Bureau. I'll get family members who say, oh, so you work federal government, right? The truth is that BBB has been around since as a philosophy since 1912, right here, I'm sitting here in, in, in downtown Dallas. And the concept was born out of uh, a big assembly that was had here by the advertising industry. Way back then, it was far more of a of an issue on truth in advertising. And the advertising industry was trying to figure out how they were going to be able to survive past having the power as far as advertising still working if people couldn't trust it. So at that time, it was a snake oil salesmen, some wildcat oil investment schemes, obviously Ponzi schemes started in that same century. So the, the advertising industry took it upon themselves to say, look, the only way we're going to survive as an industry is uh, to self-regulate ourselves and to demand more of ourselves. And then over the next hundred years, it, it turned into just more than advertisers, but any industry that could potentially benefit from self-regulating themselves and and the fact that recognizing that the, the best way to promote capitalism, to promote a great business is to make sure that consumers trust business to continue doing it. Wow. Especially right here in, in Texas, of course, not, every, not everybody hearing us is going to be from Texas, but in our state, for the business I'm in, for home improvements, there's for painting, roofing, gutters, things like that. Those are not licensed trades. 
And it's like nobody, if you do shoddy workmanship, nobody's going to come and yank your license. Or if, gosh, I had a, a buddy a number of years ago that moved in from California and I asked him, I said, hey, what brought you to Texas? And he said, I was running out in, I think he was in LA. I was running, a, running my business. It was a home improvement business. And me and my partner, we were doing well and we decided to open a new location. So I moved an hour down the road, opened up the new location. And he said, my, my partner back home stopped taking care of the clients and the state of California yanked our license to do business. So I came to Texas because it's easy to do business in Texas. And you think about that, all those people that are in Texas, not taking care of, not running a, an ethical business, they are, they're just, if they get a bad name, they'll just shut down, get a new PO box, a new LLC and start up under a new name. Right. Yeah. You know, the fly-by-nighters, um, for, uh, you know, towards the beginning of uh, our early years with the Better Business Bureau, we're a primary concern. Obviously, in deregulated areas, BBB tends to do quite well because in, in areas where there, there is no state license or county license or any kind of licensing standard for the quality of services or for competency purposes, we really depend on industries to be able to, the good actors in the industry, to be able to self-report to the Better Business Bureau, the Better Business Bureau, whether on boards or on committees, to be able to advance their marketplace, advance their industries. Obviously, that's always been true as far as the, 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 the mission of Better Business Bureau trying to advance trust in the marketplace. But I think that one of the, the, the benefits uh, here, not to, to each industry that we serve, in this instance, the painting contractor industry, is the fact that we're helping consumers distinguish the difference between those fly-by-nighters or somebody who hasn't taken care of their customers aren't transparent in their business practices, just aren't responsive, potentially took upfront payments, large upfront payments for services, and then either, either didn't provide the service or have had extremely long delays in providing those services. And we're trying to sit and, and use current technology to be able to provide information to consumers so they can make the distinguish and, and distinguish the difference between a business that has pled to take care of its customers no matter what or no matter how hard it might be versus those who potentially went and bought a few cheap paintbrushes and a roller and became a, a painter overnight. Yeah, I, th I, th I find that extremely valuable, by the way. So if, if I'm a small business person, a contractor, a painting contractor, for instance, what's the value to me of, of becoming an accredited business with the Better Business Bureau? I think that there's, there's two ways and, and, and two primary categories that we typically put the benefits in, right? First, when, we, when you're looking at the fact that last year, the BBB.org had almost 150 million visitors to its website with consumers who were either looking for, looking for the right business to, to hire, or were maybe even coming to us after they were having a problem with the business or needed help trying to resolve a dispute. When you have that many consumers 
coming to our organization, certainly there is some practical business benefits to potentially when you have a great BBB business profile that defines either a, a great rating, defines that you are taking care of your customers. And then if you're talking about BBB accreditation, the the, the feeling of, of confidence that you can give a consumer that if a problem were to, to occur, that they will be taken care of because a, a business has pledged to do so. So that's somewhat the business benefit to it. But then there's also the civic uh, uh, benefit to a, a business. And that's just the fact that I think that those business owners that truly they truly have a passion for the industry and not only just for their own individual business, but they want to move their industry forward. We offer opportunities for businesses to be able to serve their marketplaces, whether it's just financially by becoming a BBB accredited business or whether or not it's through serving on our boards or for serving on committees. This allows businesses to be able to to try to take and put into action any kind of servant uh, leadership that they might would like to provide. But it's funny, my mom, as I was growing up, my mom always had this poster that said, everything I learned or everything I ever needed to know, I learned in kindergarten, right? I don't remember every single part of it, but I do remember the general takeaway, which was that sometimes even the most basic concepts are the most important. Uh, fundamental things that we need to learn. And I think that one of those is certainly the company that you keep is immensely important to the kind of person or kind of business that you want to be. And so whenever you are an accredited business and you have the ability to start interacting with other businesses that have the same values as you, I argue that is immensely important. 100%. You thinking about, okay, we're in the people business, even if, if regardless of the widget we're selling or the service we're providing, we're in the people business. And I tell my people this is we're not selling a paint job or a freshly painted house, if you will. What we're really selling is peace of mind because a home is typically someone's most valuable investment. There's a lot of blood, sweat, tears, and emotions connected with home ownership along with frustrations. And it seems like every homeowner that I meet has some home improvement nightmare story about some contractor that has drugged them through the mud in some way, whether it was a mess or taking their money or, or bad workmanship, any of those things. And if we can, as business owners, understand, if more business owners would understand that I am selling peace of mind and I need to be a trustworthy business. And that's, again, I think that's, I think that's why a lot of people I've heard guys say this before and maybe even have experienced it in the past is if, if someone found us on a better business bureau site, a lot of times those people, there's the perception that they might be a little more picky. I, my belief is that people often learn from the pain. They hired someone without hiring an accredited business. They got burned and they're like, Hey, next time, honey, mm-hmm. We're going to get someone from the Better Business Bureau, someone that we can trust. And so that maybe they have a little wounds from dealing with, with some bad contractors. And so I feel like people, once they've been burned, they're like really sold on it more than ever. But 
I, it's just the peace of mind and running an ethical business. And I love what you said about hanging out with people that run an ethical business. And yeah, I think that one of the parts that you talked a little bit about there is the fact that when consumers are coming to the BBB, it's often not somebody who's necessarily trying to come check out the rating of the convenience store that they're about to walk into, which is why it's not a surprise that of the 150 million visitors that came to our website last year, seven out of the top 10 industries that were that consumers were interested in in and knowing more information about are in the home services industries, right? The truth is that whether it's be roofers, painters, electricians, the home services, whenever you now have the most expensive thing that you own as far as worldly possessions, and you are either letting someone into your safe space or you're, you're asking them to, uh, to, to put a roof on top of your biggest possession, right? That's when consumers start thinking, I'm about to shell out thousands of dollars. I can't literally just open up the phone book anymore and just point at the first name and then whoever has AAA ends up getting my business, right? The, 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 the truth is that especially with the anonymity of the internet now, the ability and the mediums in which people can take advantage of each other has exponentially grown since the 100 years ago when BBB was founded. And so that makes BBB more important now than it ever has been because the before I'm going to let somebody come into my child's nursery and put paint on the wall, I want to know that they have a long history of taking care of their customers. And that's the main reason why when we did a recent survey of consumers who were already familiar with BBB, they found that the survey found that 78% of those consumers would rather do business with an accredited business. Wow. 100%. Makes me think David, that for in business, when you're accepting credit cards, it's not necessarily always this way anymore, but it used to be that, a lot of people wouldn't accept American Express because they would charge the merchant a higher fee than Visa MasterCard would. And American Express said, our statistics show that an American Express cardholder is gonna spend 40% more money at your business than a Visa MasterCard holder. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, okay. And I do believe that's true, even though the fee was a little higher. I, you know, me as a consumer, if, if I'm going to, I, I'm willing to pay more, and I believe my customers are willing to pay more, to hire a company they can trust. Again, it's not like you're going to the convenience store, like you said. You're inviting them into your safe space where you do life, where you raise your family. And an educated consumer is willing to pay more for for peace of mind to hire a company they, that they can trust. I 100% believe that. Yeah, and 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 certainly, I think the the science bears that out. I think that certainly when people are looking for the cheapest option, right? I'm okay with maybe trying to find the cheapest pair of sunglasses that I, at a convenience store, whenever I'm just in a desperate need, because I think that at most I'm out $20 if it breaks or if it's a a terrible product, right? You turn that into a new HVAC system and I bought something cheap, right? It's, this isn't going to be a 15 minute inconvenience 
that I have, this is going to be potentially a life altering, especially here in Texas, or actually, I guess the heat wave this summer is all is all across. It can be life changing as far as quality of life when you hire the wrong company. Yeah, 100%. And one of the things that, that we say is, look, I might be $500 more or $1,000 more, but not hiring me might end up costing you more than hiring me. Yeah. And it's true, especially in our industry. Any, anybody can just go be a roofer or a painter. Uh, it's that easy. David, what are the, let's just say the a company applies for accreditation with a Better Business Bureau. Hey, is it, what do you do? Just fill out your name and address, and give Better Business Bureau your credit card number and you're an accredited member. What does that look like? Yeah, I'm sure that there are uh, there are some people in my office who would love for that to to for a debate be that easy. But actually, I take a lot of pride in the fact that BBB accreditation I think is is not something that's easily obtained. While we certainly have we certainly have services in place to try to make the process as as quickly and as painless as possible. I think that we recognize that as an organization to be able to survive, we have to be able to to ensure the quality of our accredited businesses remains, that consumers remain interested in our accredited businesses. So because of that, we have a 15-step process of vetting every single application that comes in. And it's in that process, whether it be checking criminal backgrounds, whether it is to check and check out the advertising practices. So we'll, we'll be looking at a company's website, their social media pages. We'll be looking at any complaints we've received over the last uh, three years to see if there's any potential problematic patterns of complaints. We look to see whether or not you are where you say you are. You know, if you if you're claiming to to have an address uh, right down the street from us, we we might if we can't figure it out by other means, we might go check to see that you're actually located there. It's a process, and I know that I know that you have more certainly more insight to this with your service to our BBB on committees that make decisions on approvals, suspensions, and, and revocations. But certainly, I think it's not an easy process. But but as uh, Tom Hanks put it in A League of Their Own, it's it's the hard that makes it great. Oh, wow, that's true. Not everybody knows, but I'm, I am on the Business Standards Committee. And when I first joined, my eyes were like, wow, this is the type of stuff. I get to see why why companies get put on suspension, lose their accreditation, ones that don't get their application approved. And David, could you could you give us some anecdotal examples of some of the crazy stuff that that really the is protecting in the accreditation process to help maintain that trust for consumers? Certainly, we look forward to certainly when we're a business to determine whether or not they are eligible for accreditation. We only have a history to be able to lean on. That's not always necessarily a guarantee that a business doesn't come down on hard times and potentially struggles to take care of their consumers. So it's not necessarily a guarantee of future service, but it is a peace of mind, as you put it, regarding the history of a company. And because of that, sometimes we do have accredited businesses who end up having problems, but we hold those businesses accountable. The, the BBB's uh, code of business practices or what 
what's also known as WBB's accreditation standards, are a set of standards in which we hold all of our accredited businesses accountable to. And that's whether or not it, uh, co companies need to be responsive to any dispute. We know, and I'll put this out there right now, I often hear from consumers, the BBB is a, is a business organization and, and businesses will say that the BBB is a consumer advocacy organization. The truth is that based on our mission, we're a marketplace organization. We're looking to try to make the marketplace better. We, we know that there's often bad actors within industries, but we also don't abide by the concept that the customer is never wrong. We certainly know that there's unreasonable customers and we're aware of that. And so because of that, the existence, the pure existence of a complaint is not the disqualifier of BBB accreditation. Because we think that even good businesses will, if you do enough business, you will eventually have a complaint. But what we believe is more, far more important is how you respond to that complaint and, and what you do to try to make a good faith effort to resolve that. Does that mean that every single consumer is always going to be satisfied? Not necessarily, but I think that in the BBB's position of mediating some of these disputes, challenging more questionable advertising claims, holding arbitration for more difficult cases has proven that if you end up slipping on those standards, we're going to have to hold you accountable because it's too important. The, the reputation of the BBB is too important for one business. 100%. You touched on arbitration. Why does the BBB provide arbitration? And is that really a benefit? Who's that a benefit to? We provide our arbitration services to our accredited businesses. It's a benefit, I think, to, to both parties, right? And in order for the BBB to, to remain unbiased in some of these disputes that are far more complex, like you're talking about. We're not talking about arbitrating a complaint about somebody receiving cold fries through the drive-thru. We're talking about somebody dug a, a hole in my backyard, charged me $15,000 up front, and I haven't seen them in six months, right? So those types of complaints, sometimes we're getting two sides of the story, and it's very difficult through just written communication to know exactly what's going on. And so we will, we go out there and we often find great third-party arbitrators that are qualified either through the Bar Association, sometimes through professional ADR or alternative dispute resolution certification programs to be able to offer to our accredited businesses a very cost-efficient way of trying to resolve these issues while also providing to the consumer a much more cost-effective way than going to small claims court. Gosh, the, the only one that really wins when you go to small claims court is the attorneys, right? Even if <laughs> yeah, you win. I think there's a lot of people who would definitely share that belief. Even if you win, you still lose. You've lost all the time and energy, not to mention the money. And yeah, it's just not, it's just not worth it. So... Do you, when it comes to contractors, home service providers, do you guys see any common complaints from consumers that 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 would be notable? You know, I think that there's there are complaints that we would expect to see, right? If you're gonna, if I 
I use like a mailing service, right? If a company's primary primary business is delivering mail, then you would expect that when you receive complaints, it's probably about late delivery of mail, right? So depending on the industry, some of that changes, right? But obviously, I think with the home services industry, what we would typically see are issues or what we would expect to see um, are issues regarding either a delay in providing the promised services and or potentially some product quality issues of the services that were provided. The existence of those types of complaints is not abnormal. We know that disputes happen and we're just trying to get resolution there. But what would be more problematic is when, if, when we detect and we have all sorts of different kinds of technology that we use to, to try to monitor the information that, that we have crowdsourced from consumers coming in, is to, to detect the more problematic areas where you're looking at taking large deposits upfront um, for services and then going ghosting the clients or other issues of just what would be extreme delays in, in providing services. Or while product quality is not always necessarily immediately obvious, when you start to receive a, a significant amount of uh, complaints about product quality, let's say in a short period of time, then sometimes that can be telling and what we're usually asking because our concepts of business self-regulation is we're asking and we're giving the business good faith effort uh, or good faith opportunities to address those practices to help improve their practices so that the overall marketplace benefits. So David, when someone is applying for accreditation and what are some things they have to agree to as far as the way they conduct business? The business standards, we have eight, we have eight standards. I won't go over all of them, but the ones that typically come into play the most, I think the, the ones that have been part of our overall organization for the longest has been be responsive. There's also advertise honestly. We we expect that when you make claims in your advertising that you already have substantiation in hand for those claims, not I'll try to prove it after the fact. We also want you to honor your promises. If you have a contract with the consumer and you made a, a written contract or even made a specific verbal contract, we ask that you honor those things. There's also, I think, what sometimes can be a catch-all as far as standard is to embody integrity. And, and that means that the principles of the company should embody the integrity of what the BBB expects the behavior of a BBB accredited business's principles to, to act. Whether that be just a really good communication or avoiding unnecessarily, unnecessary friction in your communication, avoid having a criminal background that would be embarrassing to to other other businesses that are accredited with with the BBB these are all standards that we end up having to vet prior to approval hey contractors are you ready to go deeper or rather 
hire? Are you ready to up your leadership game, up your people skills, up your uh, systems so that you can get more time, money, and freedom from your business? That way you can live your life with purpose beyond just running your business, escape contractor prison, and enter contractor freedom. I want to invite you to register spaces limited for the upcoming Contractor Freedom Summit right here held uh, in Dallas, Texas, October 26th, 27th, and 28th. Just go to contractorfreedom.live, that's contractorfreedom.live, and the registration link is right there. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me at on Facebook or on LinkedIn. Again, right there at contractorfreedom.live is all the links to our social media profiles. So I look forward to seeing you online and at the summit right here in Dallas. It will be transformational, I promise. So let's just say, let's say that I'm a, a new business. I've gone through the accreditation process. I've been approved. Um, how could I leverage that to build trust with my potential clients? Let's say I'm there giving them a quote for a paint job. How could I use that to, to build trust and peace of mind with a potential client? I think that's, I think you've almost said it there is that Leveraging your BBB accreditation is just like providing a resume to anything, uh, to anybody. It's, it's just a, it's a, it's something that you can put on your resume that is just far more recognizable. Sometimes if you're going to provide like, let's say a GAAF uh, certification or something like that, maybe sometimes these consumers aren't really knowledgeable enough about exactly what that is. The Certainly the science about our marketplace demonstrates that BBB is something that consumers are generally aware of, and which is why we go back to go back to that statistic is that 78% of businesses that are aware of BBB would rather do business with an accredited business than with one that's not. And that generally goes back to the concept that you're talking about, which is just providing them peace of mind that if something goes wrong, they're going to be taken care of. One of the things that I, I see that I believe firmly believe is a huge misconception is social proof is all the rage these days. And of course, Google is in control of the search results and everybody wants to get these five-star ratings on Google. And I think they should. But to me, there's a notable difference between having good reviews on Google and having an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. To me, and it's a well-known fact, if someone slams you on Google, whether they whether they're lying or telling the truth, okay, that impacts your rating. The, if you can't get them to remove it, you can't resolve the issue and ask them to update their review. And again, you have, can have disgruntled employees and even competitors go and give you bad ratings on, the, on online websites like Google. But even when you get bad ratings, you can just go bury that rating, that bad review, with, with a number of good ones to restore your rating. So let's say you really didn't take care of that customer and you found them hard to deal with. So you're just like, I'm gonna go get reviews from a bunch of the easy customers to take care of and make it level out. It's not quite so easy with the Better Business Bureau and maintaining that accreditation and A-plus rating. Can you speak to that a little bit, David? I think that what's, what you're referring to, there's literally a whole 
burdening industry for reputation management when it comes to individuals looking for ways in which they are addressing their reputation when it comes to being online. I think that what kind of sets BBB apart from certainly we're part of we're part of that industry and the fact that a lot of a lot of reputation management uh, companies are coming to BBB usually to try to fix somebody fix a client of theirs reputation there's certainly i think we recognize that that simple review websites or reviews that just collect information whether or not it's a positive review or a negative review it has its limitations and I think that where the BBB is slightly different is that it's we're not asking consumers to come to us just to scream into a black hole so that they feel better. We're coming. We're asking consumers to come to us and to whether or not they're wanting a resolution or whether or not they they just want to know other consumers to benefit from their knowledge. We are asking them to interact with with the business. Give the business the opportunity to resolve either your dispute with with whether or not they can fix their service, provide a refund, or whether or not the BBB can can review both sides and recognize that the company has really done everything they could can, can to take care of the consumer and the consumer is just not going to necessarily be satisfied if in the rare instance they're just being unreasonable. And so because of that, I think that it's the two-way communication that we're really asking, right? What we're talking about is being responsive, right? Rather than being rather than just being a an area that the company tracks its compliments versus complaints we are wanting consumer consumers to interact with those businesses to potentially make business better wow i love that so david is real humans actually get involved on these right we do on some of them at least on the complaints We'd- yeah, when it comes to the complaints, every single one of the complaints is verified as to whether or not it meets complaint acceptance standards. Oh, uh, there's complaint acceptance standards. You don't have that on Google or Yelp. You have a login, your complaint is accepted. Now, you're, in this instance, you have to be able to um, provide to that you've had a... Um, You've had some type of business marketplace interaction with a business for that complaint to be worked. Unlike some of these other, some of these other review websites, a, a dispute will not be published until the company has been given the opportunity to respond to that complaint. So rather than just posting that the complaint exists without one side of the story, we want the complaint to only be published once the company has been given the opportunity to respond to the allegations. So there's actually not only is the complaint process helping the consumer, it's also in a way protecting the business from false or invalid reviews that are just meant to harm them for no reason. Wow. That's incredible. Certainly. Yeah. And that's, we have, policies and procedures in place that try to recognize um, 
fake negatives where unfortunately we've seen competitors try to go out there and file file negative reviews against another competitor and it can be very difficult sometimes on those websites to get those removed and we've also seen companies unfortunately out of desperation go down the road of trying to create fake positive reviews and we have a lot of safety nets in place to try to, to capture those and then when we do find them unfortunately last year as you'll know we had to revoke a business when we found that they were were doing this and we held them accountable because that was a, a direct violation of our embody integrity standard and and that type of stuff happens every day on the review websites employees and friends and people that have had no real business business marketplace interaction as you say go and review them and it's fake it's like the amazon reviews it's like amazon they got a bunch of iphones lined up over there in china programmed to automatically put all these reviews on their product right yeah so yeah unfortunately i think that there are there's no perfect system to catch anybody who ever wants to be able to try to float a a fake positive review um but certainly there are ways in which a suspicious um uh, positive reviews and suspicious fake reviews are able to be identified. I'm not going to give necessarily the secret sauce away about all the ways <laughs> in which we can identify that, but I think that we have found that over time we tinker with we tinker with the ways in which we capture those, and we've just become, I think, fairly effective at being able to identify the more problematic businesses. Hey, David, how does how do you get an A plus rating? The A plus rating, our rating system, by the way, is is based. It's an A plus through F system. When we were, I remember, years ago, whenever I was young, yet a young lad in the BBB system, they were testing out giving ratings to the system. At the time that I started back in two thousand six, it was a system of satisfactory, unsatisfactory, and neutral. Right. Those were the ratings. But as you can imagine, that could be somewhat confusing to consumer to say, this company has a satisfactory rating. And they're like, what does that mean? (laughs) But I think A plus through F, especially uh, if you grew up in the American school system, was something that uh, consumers were more attuned to. And, And when you say that a company has an F rating versus saying they have an unsatisfactory rating, our rating uh, system is based on 13 different variables. A lot of them are, are, are complaint complaint generated, meaning it can be anywhere from complaint volume to whether or not you're responsive to complaints to whether or not, even if you are responsive, do you actually resolve those complaints? Whether or not there's unreasonable delays in you resolving those complaints. We also look into and hold companies accountable to making false advertising claims. If you have a lot of consumer protection actions against you by consumer protection agencies, such as your local attorneys general's offices, the FTC or the CFPB, that's going to uh, have an impact on your your rating. If if you have transparent business practice concerns, meaning that one of our standards is to be transparent. If you are claiming to be located in a city that you are not actually located in, and you're using a virtual office and 
because you don't want people to know where you're actually located, that can also have an impact on your rating. So there's 13 different variables and, and it's different ways in which we can try to try to provide consumers the best snapshot that we can. Because as we know, consumers like information in bits. And so sometimes uh, while we do provide all the information when it comes to published complaints and, and customer reviews um, and in any other kind of information we have on a business, Sometimes consumers want something real quick they can take a look at. Um, and, you know, a lot of consumers, I think, have really caught on to the idea of I'm going to I'm going to real quickly search, search a ABC painting company and then type BBB. And I, I want to see if the report comes up and what the rating is. Yeah, exactly. Hey, by the way, are there any upcoming changes or initiatives that can in, impact uh, with, with, with the Better Business Bureau? That, that could impact uh, home service providers, contractors? Not in a way that I think would necessarily need a business to try to prepare for. I think that one of the surveys that we did, obviously, in the last few years because of what we, what we all just went through um, with the pandemic, was we're certainly hearing from our accredited businesses that they would like to return to some networking opportunities so that they can meet with those businesses that they share the values of trust with and, and maybe network. And then and then also as as a former Torch Award winner yourself, recognizing that there's uh, there's some businesses that would love for that that celebration of our Torch Awards and winners to return in person as well. So that's something that we are working on trying to to get together by this fall. Yeah, that, that would be great. I would love that. Love to get together with everybody. We know, David, what's, if someone's hearing this, I, I think I, I want to look into the, into the Better Business Bureau accreditation. Where do they get started? Yeah, luckily our process is uh, fairly easy. They can, um, we have uh, lots of different ways in which you can get into the funnel, whether or not it's just, you can you can call our, uh, our primary uh, line or the, to contact your local BBB. You can, I'm sure there's always going to be somebody who's willing to take your phone call. But obviously, I think that with the use of technology, that's a lot of people like to be able to sort through the information and, and look at, at the, an application before they're having to answer too many questions. And that's really easy to go to bbb.org and be able to see an apply today button. And then and that'll take you through the whole process. Nice. We're about out of time here. David, is there anything I should have asked you that I didn't ask you or something you'd something else you'd like to share? We've covered quite a bit of ground today. I think the only thing, the only parting thought I'll leave here is you and I think share an affinity for servant leadership. I think we've had those conversations off, off the record. And I, one of my favorite quotes has always been from the anthropologist Margaret Mead. And it goes something to the effect that never doubt the, the change that can be made by a small group of concerned citizens, because it's the only ones that ever have with the idea that it's, it's, it's small, determined citizens that generally, for whatever reason, tend to make the biggest impacts in history. So I, I like to have my team consistently function with that thought that we're 
our office here is about 50, 50 individuals, but we have, we handle over 60,000 disputes annually. But that group of 50 can make a large impact. So I would venture to guess that a, a vast majority of have small to medium-sized organizations. But just like the little engine that could, I think that I'll be the eternal optimist and say to never doubt the power that a small group of people can have whenever they're very determined to make a positive change. Wow, David, I love it. I love it. Man, thank you so much for being on today. And I'm a I'm a contractors, I am a proud partner, proponent of the BBB. And if if you really if you if you understand that we really are in the people business and the business of trust and peace of mind, becoming an accredited business with the BBB is an absolute must. And if you're not if you're not accredited yet, I want to encourage you to get that accreditation and, and and educate your clients on it. Why it's important? Why it's different than just normal social proof review sites? God bless you guys. Have a great day. Hey contractors, I want to invite you to connect. If you want to get connected with the Contractor Freedom community, simply point your browser to contractorfreedom.live. That's contractorfreedom.live. On there, you'll find the link to our, our, our Facebook private group, our page, our newsletter. You'll find a, a link to our podcast. You'll also find a, a link to register for the upcoming first annual Contractor Freedom Summit right here in Dallas, Texas. So I just want to invite you to, to come on over, join the community. I look forward to getting to know you more. Thanks for listening in today.